0: Welcome to One Life Online. The podcast that brings you the weekly sermons at One Life Church Kampala. In this episode, we listen to a sermon from Numbers chapter 13, titled, We Are Well Able, presented by Jeff Ottiti. As you listen to this message, May the Lord speak to you through his word, by his spirit, and cause you to walk according to his will, by his grace. Uh, it's a privilege
1: indeed to be able to present the word of God to you today. Pastor Martin had asked me uh, to, to preach on the subject we are well able to overcome, and comes from that chapter, chapter uh, Numbers 13 and verse 30. let's go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it and indeed that's a a rally call to war and you will be thinking about it We will be going through that what is that war it's a rally call we are well able to overcome in the war as we begin um i just want to ask How many of us like war stories? Oh, you do? Okay. War stories, how many like movies? (laughs) War movies, all right. And then how many like war novels? Okay, some people prefer war novels. Um, War stories are a bit challenging in some sense. But I, among the general things that I read, I prefer to read rather than watch, is war stories. Because we, you, you sort of put yourself in the situation. What's going on? How would I survive? What did the person go through? How did they get through it? And in a special way, I actually, many times, and as you read especially novels, a novel, a good novel, I usually read real life stories. Um, You actually see the hand of God upon people's lives, how they are protected, how they are preserved. So it brings out a few things, and especially the the stories from a novel point of view will bring out those small details, the nuances, and helps you to imagine what is going on in the war. One of the last books I read um, last year, that's a few days ago, (laughs) the year ended just recently, was a, uh, the, the title of the book was called uh, was was all light we cannot see, all light we cannot see, all light we cannot see, and I think maybe a few of you have read that that book, but really the center, the reason why that title is given, is it was about a blind girl. This young girl was was there just, um, was, was slowly going blind in her early childhood. So about 10 years, within two years, she was told she was going to completely go blind. And that's why it's all light we cannot see. So she, she, the, 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 her, her father realized, well, we are getting to the second world war and my daughter needs to survive. So he took the trouble to, to train her. One is to train her to survive in the community she was in. He made a model of the city or the area that he was in. And he took her through each and every small place, each and every small step through the model so that she was able to walk on her own through the streets. In the beginning, it was a bit painful, but slowly she was able to actually master the area. So just imagine a blind girl walking through the streets. The war had not reached that city, but she mastered it, she mastered it. Then time came, uh, the war intensified and she had to move from one area to another. She had to migrate. So she went to live with her uncle and the uncle at her uncle's place with the father, the father again had to make a new model and show her the area, help her learn the area. So at one point, now I'm not a very good storyteller, but I am using the uh, the reason that I don't, to, I don't want to be a spoiler, because you might want to read the book. <laughs> so, But I'm just giving you a little bit of the gist. So... So the, 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 young, the father had to leave at some point, but he left that model, and he left her in custody of the, um, the uncle. Now the war came right to that town. And during the time, um, they were actually French, they decided to join the resistance movement, the resistance. So the Germans were trying to um, to 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 locate the enemy and and really wipe them out but the resistant movement decided to uh, create some codes and broadcast the codes of where the where the germans were and so the the, the 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 allies were able to bomb those points and while the germans wondered why are we being hit too many times Now, this young girl became part of the resistance. So she was the one who'd take the coded messages. They were stuffed into a loaf of bread and she'd walk innocently to her uncle's place where it was broadcast secretly on radios, where the coded message was broadcast secretly to the the areas. Now, this young girl, put herself, was at risk, but no one probably could su- suspect this blind young girl moving with a, a loaf of bread to really have a coded message. But with their intelligence, they, re- they began to know where the place was, broadcast, was broadcasting the coded messages. And indeed, the Germans located the area and they sent some assassins to, to destroy the building and to destroy the transmission. This is where I'm going to end the story. Please buy the book <laughs> and learn a little bit more. But what is my message here? Sometimes, they, you may be unable to see, but they, you'll be aware of the war. There is a war going on. And it calls for sharpened senses to be part of this war. This war is going on. And this picture actually paints that beautiful picture of a war which is seen, and a war which is unseen. There is a war which is seen, and there is a war which is occurring, but you may not see with your physical eyes. And this is what we are going to go through. So the first part of the message is about the war scene. And the war scene is is in numbers 13 what we've just read it was actually a physical war that was going on and really it's a story of a determined god who was going to bring his people out of egypt he said i'm bringing my people they are the object of my love i'm taking them to the promised land and indeed there are many scriptures which were said uh, which were spoken so he took them through the the, 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 through the, they parted the waters and they went through the sea and the Egyptians were actually destroyed and at the end of that Moses came up with a song and the song is in um, Exodus 15 and the song was just saying that indeed our God the Lord is a man of war and the Lord is his name and, the, and he kind of prophesied that as that the, the Israelites will go, because of what had happened, there will be fear and dread, will fall upon the people all around until his people pass. And he will bring them in and plant them into the mountain of his inheritance in the place that he has made for them to dwell in. And that was Moses' account. And Moses, in retrospect, also um, spoke about it in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 1, 7, and probably we can go through that, Deuteronomy 1, 7, he said, turn you, take your journey, and go to the Mount uh, of the Amorites, and unto all the nigh places. And this is really about the promise he had, Moses, uh, God had given Moses. And said, so go to the Mount of the Amorites and, and to all the nigh places, in the plain, in the hills, in the vale, in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, and to the great river, the river Euphrates. In verse 8, behold, I have set the land before you, Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. In Verse 21. Go up and possess it. As the Lord said, Fear not, neither be discouraged. So now the Israelites are faced with a history. Of what has happened something happened god miraculously took them through they also have a promise that they are going to a place and a beautiful place but there has to be a war to take up the place and we ask ourselves why were the israelites reluctant when they sent the spies 10 of them Ten, uh, uh, this, uh, 10 of them, now I wanted to make a percentage, but 10 out of 12 were fearing. They said, no, we can't go. And what crosses your, your, your mind? You ask yourself, why? Why was that? Probably by the time they crossed uh, the Red Sea, this, maybe these people were small, they were young, they didn't know. They hadn't actually perceived and seen the mighty hand the mighty hand of God, maybe they were just in the, um, um, in the mix of everything. But that is not true. Because they were close to that time and things were spoken, the stories were passed on. This is what the Lord did. This is what the Lord did. There were some battles before they reached Canaan and they saw them. So that's not a good reason. Maybe they did not take that word to heart, God's promises to heart. And probably that may be the, the, the reason. Maybe it was the fear of the unknown. It was intimidating to go to war. And I, I can assure you, much as we love war stories, we really don't want war. <laughs> we don't want to be part of the war. The closest we've gone to a war is actually COVID. <laughs> COVID-19 Delta when we saw many people pass away, that was actually a war scenario. So, most of us are worried about war. We're worried about the unknown. And probably that's the reason why Christians avoid uh, warfare, they are worried about what will go on. But this rally is still there. Let's go up at once. And possess it for we are well able to overcome and God is actually inviting us to see his mighty hand at work in the battlefield amen he is inviting us so we go to the war unseen the war unseen we for sure and this is in context to us there is a battle going on there is a battle Ephesians six twelve says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Indeed, there is a war which we may not see, but it is going on. That is the reality of the battle. There is a battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. We may not see it in physical eyes, but we know, we are all aware that that battle is going on. There is a battle to influence. It's a battle for influence and ownership of the earth and its people. So the kingdom of God is battling to get influence the world, influence the people, and draw them into the kingdom of God. While the kingdom of Satan wants to influence us as well and to own and destroy us. That is the battle that's going on. John 10 -10 talks about the manifesto of each of those kingdoms. The manifesto of the evil one, John ten ten, says the thief comes not but to steal, to kill and destroy. That is the manifest of the evil one. And when we look at lives, when we look out in the world, do we see the work of the evil one? Stealing people's joy, stealing people's homes destroying okay killing and destroying lives that's what we see all around but god's manifesto is this i come that they may have life and they'll have it abundantly amen this the the kingdom of satan is manifested by lots of things we see in society today the depression all around Depression rates have gone so, so high. And it's just because of what people feed their minds with. The suicide rates, broken relationships, violence, heartlessness, selfishness, corruption, demon possession, sickness, all these a Christian can perceive and say that's the work of the evil one and the kingdom of of the kingdom of the evil one is, is reigning there. But this is what the kingdom of God aims at. He aims at salvation and restoration. Amen? He aims at salvation and restoration. Luke for 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to you, to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are bruised. We are the kingdom of God, and we can see it that the kingdom of God is winning, it's taking effect, is when you see all these things happen. The brokenhearted are mended. People are delivered. The gospel is preached and is taken in. All right? There's hope. That's what He brings. How else do we see that the kingdom of God, what, is the, what, what shows the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where God's will is done. Amen? Is where God's will is done. We remember the Lord's Prayer. Amen? The the Lord's prayer, if you look in Luke 11, and you may not have to turn there, says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will needs to be done in people's lives on this earth. And that is where, when you see his will being done, his kingdom is going there. Amen? The third thing which is, shows the kingdom of God is where there is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 7, 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. At that time, the, the church was arguing about a lot of rules. You should not eat this. You should not eat that. But Paul told them that no, the kingdom of God is not about eat or drink, but it's righteousness. Where righteousness is, the kingdom of God is there. It is at work. Amen. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the other manifestation of the kingdom is where you can see the working of God. Healing, as we've said, of broken-hearted, the blind, the lame, walk the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached. I, 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 go, um, I slow down on this point, but I'll just keep on saying this. When you read through the Gospels, there's a lot that the Bible comes out being about healing. About healing. And healing is actually part of the kingdom of God. Amen? He does that. He heals. He heals. Luke 7, 21 says, John the Baptist had had sent his disciples asking, really, are you the one or should we seek another? But in 21 before they came, um, it is mentioned that that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many were the blind given sight. And when that question was asked, Jesus answered them Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the gospel the gospel is preached to the poor and blessed is he who is not offended in me i think um, we don't we the the world has made us underplay that but i don't hesitate to lay hands on people and pray for healing why the bible asks us to do so and he heals whether some are healed and some are not I just do what the Bible says. And that's what we should do. I guess that's a call, because that's where the kingdom of God is being manifested and is growing. I would encourage you to exercise that. And I would encourage us not to criticize, you know, others who are in that ministry. Let us cautiously weigh and perceive the work of God in people's lives. Amen? In war, there is what they call friendly fire. And christians are, f- are fond of that friendly fire is when people on the same side are fighting each other <laughs> people on the same side are fighting each other instead of fighting the enemy and sometimes it's instigated by the enemy to make you fight each other so the coalition uh, which is trying to help ukraine may decide to bicker against each other you're not sending money you're not supporting. And Russia is the one which is happy, saying, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll win the war. But that happens a lot in, in, in many wars. But it happens a lot in the Christian warfare. Many times we are in warfare, we are in friendly fire, hitting each other. And that is not what should happen. Amen? On healing, the last point I would make is in Luke 10, um, the, 9 and 10. Luke 9 and 10. In Luke 9 and 10, Jesus sent out his disciples. First he sent out in Luke 9, he sent out the 12, and then in Luke 10, he actually sent out the 72. So Luke 10, 9. He told them, when you go into a town and are received, what should you do? Heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Amen. It seems as though healing is one of the avenues that the kingdom of God comes closer to people's lives. It seems to be an entry, you know, for the kingdom. He's not said that the kingdom has already entered, but has come closer. So people take their actually embrace the kingdom. Amen? Now, how it works and how they completely grow into the kingdom, we may not know. But a seed is sown. So with all these things we have mentioned, the seed is sown. How it grows up, we do not know. It's God who does it. Amen? That's why we preach. We share the word. We share our testimonies to all those around us. It pricks people's hearts. They may not come to Christ immediately, but at some point, that seed will sprout and it will grow. Amen? So the kingdom of God is not a physical place. It's not a structure. It's not an organization. It's not even things we put in place. But as Luke 17, 21 says, the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is out there where one heart reaches out to another. The kingdom of God reaches out there to your homes, to your workplaces. We take the kingdom of God there. Where you see the heart, where you see the pain, we are to go there. Take the kingdom of God there. And it's also in church Lots of these things are brought to us in church, what, where we see the manifestation of the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's where the kingdom of God is. So, we come to the opposition to the kingdom. The opposition to the kingdom is, uh, is real, and has been seen right from the beginning, Okay? When Christ was born, and we've just gone through a Christmas period, Christ was born, and during his infancy, Herod became agitated and said, I must find this baby. I must uh, get him out. We cannot be two kings. And that was a sign. You know that the kingdom of God is actually going under some opposition. That's Matthew 2, 16. The the opposition to the kingdom of God is also seen in temptations and temptations of our Lord Jesus Christ. We went through that, and Pastor Martin really went through that. The interesting one is where... Uh, the, the evil one, the, uh, s- s- the devil told him that, Look, all these things are mine. You just bow down and I'll give them to you. Do you see the kingdom of God and the kingdom of uh, Satan at war? Now, it could have been a shorter cut for Jesus to say, Ah, I now have the whole world for myself. But he said, No, he couldn't bow down to the evil one. He knew there was what he was sent for, to come and die, so that the whole world would be taken up by the kingdom of, of God. Pastor Martin also preached about the kingdom of God's suffering violence and the violence take it by force. It's an interesting one to think about it, but I personally think that he was actually saying that is the opposition. To the kingdom of God that is happening and he was predicting actually what is going to happen to John the Baptist he was predicting John the Baptist's violent death so the kingdom of God is being established and God is determined to establish his kingdom and uh, the devil tries to fight all those people who are part and parcel of that even opposition to the cross. Remember Jesus, when as he was travailing and praying, he thought, well, take this cup away from me. Really showing that he is human. We all don't want to go through that. We don't want to go through pain and suffering, but it had to be. Amen? Take this cup away from me that's what he said. But let it not be my will, but yours. If you think about it, probably the devil was whispering in his ear, do you really have to go through this? Do you really have to go, Our whole son of God has to go and be uh, uh, crucified? All of us have our heirs. All of us have our pomp. And Jesus, in his due right, had his pomp. He was the Son of God. But do you have to have a humiliating death? So, those are thoughts probably that were going through his mind. And that's why, and he spoke very clearly I don't want to go through this, but let it be your will. Let it be your will. Let your will be done. And we thank the Lord. We thank God that he actually went through it. Amen. Now, the second part that I'm just going to go through is just telling us about how we can overcome. Remember, the rally is, yes, we're able to overcome. We are able to overcome. We are well able to overcome. We are in this war, whether we like it or not, you can decide to sit on the, on, the, on, the, on the sides and say, no, I do not want to be part of it. But you're going to see more and more evil. You're going to see more and more f- homes destroyed. You're going to see more and more lives destroyed. And it's going to pain you. You're going to see society crumble. And yet you had the message of hope, you know, for them. And the rally call is say that we are well able. Let's go and let's fight. But... God does not let us go on our own. He equips us. He equips us for the battle. Ephesians, which we talked about, says, be strong. Okay, let me, let's go. Ephesians uh, ch- chapter 6. We could just stand there. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. As we think about it, what does it mean, be strong? What does it mean to be strong? Can you be strong when you're not strong? Or if you have all the muscles and you're so big and strong, are you really strong? Can you face the battle? But he says, Be strong in the Lord. And really, he means strengthen yourselves in the Lord. Amen? Strengthen yourselves in the Lord. Be determined to push forward if you're going for an exam we all fear and you're all worried "Ah, this i'm not ready for this exam it's so hard but you tell yourself hey i have to do it amen i have to do it you strengthen yourself and say let me go okay it's time that's the same thing that happens to men of war uh, uh, the soldiers they also do not want to be uh, hit by bullets wounded and some die but they say you know what let's go they charge themselves up we thank the lord that he gives us many things the armor to put on and allows us to strengthen ourselves in him it's not by our work our strength nothing we have in this world will help us in this battle it's just god so we strengthen ourselves in him amen It is him who fights our battles. So he says, put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the evil one. And withstand the day of evil. And having done all, able to stand. So in all this, we have to know where the devil is at work. What is his scheme? We have to perceive, we have to know. And then, in the heat of the moment, we actually need to stand. And many people go through a lot, and we have to stand. And after all, the battle's been hard. We need to be able to stand. Amen? So, what is the armor that he gives us? Indeed, we are well able to overcome. The first the first part of the armor is the, is the belt of truth. Stand therefore, having got your loans with truth, so that the belt puts everything together. So the loans actually refer to our mind. In fact, First 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, guard up the lungs of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. So our minds are all scattered, and I must testify, maybe mine is. I don't know about you. Sometimes our mind just goes, you know, um, awash with many things we are bombarded with so much information you may be a professional and you have to read so many things you have a PhD You are so educated in in fact we joke that PhDs are permanent head damage they really have so much in their heads um, the world bombards us with so many things am I right Haven't you found yourself sometimes sitting in front of a TV, watching CNN, and you can watch and watch and watch and watch and watch, bombarding you with news and news and news. And that's what you're absorbed with. We're bombarded with movies and movies. So that's what's keeping us, our minds, you know, it's it's just soaking up so many things. Right now we are bombarded by WhatsApp social media media am i right (laughs) every minute you have a phone you open it up some people even in church by the way i'm not looking at you don't worry (laughs) but for real do you know that it is a big problem you get home you have to open you finish work you open you wake up you open you cannot some people talk for more, fear of missing out. <laughs> You're always opening, you know, what's up, what is going on? And they're bombarding you with so many things. They're interesting, but they're not necessarily useful for you. I want us to open up and please um, just open up with me um, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Six, six. Let's just read it together. Deuteronomy six, six. So this is what he says. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And sh- you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, thou shalt bind them as a sign on thy hand and as frontlets between thine eye. Very interesting. So what is the one which we always have? <laughs> they are frontlets in our eyes. All right? It's always in our hand. <laughs> when we wake up, when we go to bed, <laughs> it is true, and that's the scheme of the enemy. Remember, we need to know the scheme of the enemy. But what does he say? Let us bind our minds with the word, Amen. Let us bind the word. Our, 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 our uh, let's fill, let's flood our minds with the word. Let us think the word. Let us open scripture day by day. Be faithful to scripture. Let it speak to you. Amen. Listen. Study. There are many books, and we thank God for the very many books. There are very many sermons. There are podcasts. Let's study the word. You know what it does? It shapes our minds, it molds our minds. Amen. Why these things which you are always watching and reading and 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 looking at, what it does, it instills wrong thoughts in us, which lead us to what? Temptation. Sometimes it makes you discouraged. Sometimes it plants fear in us. What does the word of God do? It does the opposite, it builds you up, it counters the work of the enemy. The enemy tries to inflame us. Remember, we talked about depression. It's just because of many thoughts are flooding your mind. No, you are like this. It's your fault and so on. But what does the word of God say? It is not. You are precious. You are, my, you are the object of my love. That's what God says. When you read that over and over, you are built up in your heart. And you overcome what? Depression. So there's much we have to do to overcome Let us what? Guard our loans of our minds with truth. Amen? Amen. The Word of God brings godly perspective and insight. It shapes and molds our mindset. The Word of God brings faith. Amen? As though, as, even though the faith is as small as a mustard seed, it can grow. Just as the devil puts a thought in your mind which can make you sin, but if you flood your, 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 your mind with the word of God, something God deposits in you which will grow and will help you. The second part of the armor is the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness is in simple words is right standing with god amen that's my definition right standing with god is crucial for the progress of the kingdom in life we fail we let god many times let God down but what god offers us is continually an opportunity to set our hearts right with him amen he gives us that opportunity And we thank God for his grace, which is abundant. It's abundant. All we need to sell ourselves is, I will not continue in sin. I will not continue in this. But I will come before God and set my life aright. Set my heart aright. A sinful lifestyle affects battle. The story in Joshua 7 talks about the sin of Achan. They were told to destroy everything, but some man decided, I'm not going to destroy everything. So Joshua thought, I'm going to go in this battle, and we're going to win as usual. But because of that sin, they lost the battle. And Joshua literally rent his garments and said, why? How can we lose this match? And God told them, they sin. They sin in your midst, and they had to deal with it. If you've ever read any books about revivals, there are no revivals without lots of repentance. And God takes us from place to place. Yes, when we're born again, our sins are washed away, and we sang about it. But there are sins which we know, and then there are sins we don't know. So when you come before God, He even shows you the things that are displeasing. As you take time before Him, he gives, shows you the things which are displeasing and we wash our garments he makes known to us the unknown sins he uncovers it and that fortifies us and then we can go into battle and we can be victorious in every revival there's usually a lot of repentance in the in the church in that part of joshua seven twelve verse 12, there's something that is mentioned and you could go back and read it in your own time. He talks about them turning their backs before the enemy and being devoted for destruction. By the time we decide to keep sin in our hearts, when people go out in battle, they are exposed. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. They Initially, I thought it was just that they turned back and they retreated. They ran away. But, actually, that is true. It happened. But remember, when you turn back, the breastplate is where? In front. Your back is what? Exposed. And you can be hit. You'll take the hit. All right? And there you'll be, actually, as the Bible has put it, devoted for destruction. The turning back is because of sin. So let's not um, um, keep sin in our hearts. But I want to encourage us: God is our righteousness. It's not our righteousness. It's not that I am good and so on. We are all, you know, sinful. It is we only depend on God's righteousness, and that righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, is the one that God gives us. We cannot come with any accolade of our goodness. We cannot. We cannot. It is only Christ. And he works in us and he presents us to God, not we presenting ourselves. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, come boldly before the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. So even though we we fail, we can come before God and let him um, forgive us. We can find grace and he can restore us. We have just a few more to go through, and I I will be done. The third is the feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's Ephesians 6.15. Some versions talk about readiness and preparedness. and Depending on what your interpretation is, some people emphasize the gospel of peace, but I would like to just mention the feet. What are the feet there for? And what we talk about, preparation. The feet are there for us to stand and to move. To take a stand and to move quickly. But we need to have readiness. We need to be prepared. We need to seize the moment Sometimes, as Christians, we lose those opportunities because we are not ready. We are not quick. We don't move. We need to have a mindset that is ready anytime to take the kingdom of God to whoever is there, not reluctantly. My problem is that many times we are reluctant, and I am surely, I've seen many times, I've lost opportunities, and it's very, very sad for me. It's very, very sad. We lose a number of people because of that. Remember what Caleb said. Let us go up once and occupy it. That is a person who is what? Ready. That is readiness. Don't let an opportunity pass you by. There's a story of a a war in Joshua 10. And God told him, Fear not, I've delivered these people into your hands. And what did he do? That very night, he marched the whole night and he took the city. God is calling us to be ready. Hesitancy, procrastination loses time and the evil one snatches the opportunity. Amen? The fourth one is the shield of faith. And we've talked about that faith comes from the Word of God. Amen? But faith is something that gives us the assurance within. What is faith? It's assurance within that God's Word is true. And usually it's a seed of faith that is planted. And that faith needs to be watered. It needs to grow. Much as faith seems to be very passive, but it's actually an active defense. Amen? Timothy is told in uh, 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. When the word of God says this, sometimes we don't believe it. But faith helps us to believe what the word of God says. You stand on the word of God. You keep to the word of God. And it's the one which takes you through. So there's something that happens on the word of God and in your heart and that's what we call faith. It can be built up. It may be small, but as you study, as you read, as you meditate, you're more and more convinced, you're more and more assured in your heart, and you stand on the word of God. Amen? That is what uh, faith is. Faith defends you against the fierce hostility of the evil one. The shield in those days, the Roman time, was uh, made out of wood. It was made out of wood, it was about one meter high, and they would hide behind it. It was covered with leather all around. Now, if you have dry arrows, they hit it, you may be safe. But the enemy knows I need to really hit through. So what does he do? He sends arrows with fire. fiery arrows, all right? And what it does, it hits the, the shield, and then it explodes, and the people are exposed. Okay? The, the, now, who's the enemy? The enemy is hitting you, and you are exposed. Now, to reduce that, some, of the, some, some soldiers would just dip the shield in water so that the fire just gets diffused. But that is the image, imagery that go, uh, uh, Paul is giving us that that is our shield, an effective shield. It's faith. So the devil tries to hit us, and many times the fiery arrows are terrifying. You've seen Christians go through terrifying experiences. It's really, they're hit, it's sudden. They're hit so bad, and sometimes that happens. There are situations that we may go through but it's that faith that you have that you hold on to during those times, and that helps you to stand through the war. Amen. That shield is effective, brethren. It's very effective. Amen. It will, uh, um, it, will it will, it will shield you from the fiery um, darts or arrows. So let's stand with a shield uh, of faith. Amen? Yeah. There are many verses I would give you, but I want to end as we go. This, there are two more. The helmet of salvation. The helmet of sa- salvation is just the assurance of salvation, the hope and assurance. Salvation is taken now, you get saved, we are continually saved. But the hope, and we sang about it, the future, is what is our helmet. Amen. F- First Thessalonians five eight says, "But let us who are of the day be sober, putting the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, a helmet, the hope of salvation. That day is coming; we shall be with the Lord. Amen." Romans talks about the time is even nearer than when we first believed. When we look at that, in, uh, the perspective it gives, when we look beyond the present, the it uh, puts the kingdom in the right perspective, amen? When we look beyond now, our comfort zones where we are, and we think about the kingdom of God, where we are going, Many of these other things don't matter. Our riches, our possessions, our pleasures, our ambitions. The kingdom of God is put in the right perspective. And then he talks about the offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit is still the word of God. It is the sword truth. Amen? The sword of the spirit is the sword truth. It's the word in action. It's the only offensive weapon that we have. The word which we talked about as truth, the belt of truth, shapes our minds and molds us and keeps us secure, defends. But the sword of truth is what leads us in battle. We speak the word. Jesus, during his temptations, quoted the word. That God-breathed word is what hit the evil one with power and authority. The Bible talks about the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are divinely powerful to destroy fortresses. Amen. Second Corinthians 10:4 and five. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That's what we use, the Word of God. We quote the Word of God. When the evil one tries to, def- to, 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 to put you down, you speak the Word of God to him, and he backs off. Amen? Even as we pray, Jeremiah is told, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, the Lord, the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth and said, Behold, I've put my words in your mouth. See this day, set thee over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. With the word of God as we pray, and we thank God for those who lead us in prayer, we speak those words. We break down, we root out evil. Those who are part of the prayer group, we thank God for you. Do that, break down the evil, Whatever you see of the kingdom of the Satan, bring them down, pull them down. But we also speak truth in prayer. We build, we plant. Amen? That is the sword of the Spirit. And that section of Ephesians ends by talking about praying and praying always. Praying and praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, Amen. Let's pray. Let's... Prayer is not just a garnish on top of the food. Some people just speak a prayer. You know, we go in meetings and they open up with a word of prayer, isn't it? Sometimes. And at the end of the meeting, people have planned and plotted wrong things. It's not a garnish. It's actually the main ingredient, you know, If it's food, it's the salt in the food. It works into the whole system. Amen. If it's bread, it's the yeast which goes through the whole thing. We really have to have prayer as part of our lives. Amen. All kinds of prayer. I don't despise any kind of prayer. Let us pray in all ways. The Bible prescribes all types of prayer the fastings, praying in the Spirit. Let's all kinds of prayer, intercessions, let's do them. Let us be ready, quick to go to pray. Amen? We pray in truth. We pray in truth to fortify us. We pray in offensive, okay, with the word. We pray with the word. We pray in righteousness, okay, to continue to stand right with God. But we also pray that the world will come into righteousness, we pray in faith, and Jude 20 says, you know, building our most holy faith in prayer, okay? Let us pray in the Spirit, building up our most holy faith. We build ourselves in faith. We pray, but we also pray quoting what the, the Lord has put upon our hearts in faith. We pray for the joy, we, you know, in joy of the salvation that is now and the one to come. Amen? And that's where we'll end. But let us uh, um, respond to that rally call. Let us go up at once. Let us possess the land. For we are well able to overcome it. Let's just take some time and pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Your word indeed is truth. Your word is strength. You are strong. You are able you are the one who enables us to be well able to overcome the evil one we thank you for we as a church that you have called us and planted us in this place indeed you make us an extension of your kingdom but the kingdom is not just here the kingdom is out there and you send your people to 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 spread your kingdom to share your kingdom to expand your kingdom in our workplaces in the different places of life, O oh God, in our families, in our homes. I pray, Lord, that you will empower them. I pray, Lord, that you recruit more and more people, God. More and more people to be determined to take up the armor and, and, and participate in the most holy, um, in the war that you have called us to. Thank you that you are victorious even before, uh, before us, O oh Lord. You are victorious. You are God of battle. You are God who wins the war, God. We don't have to fear you tell us, fear not. Be determined. Be strong and courageous. I pray that you, your people will not fear uh, standing for you, but they will be strong and courageous in this year. The year ahead, Lord, may we all be strengthened with might in our innermost being. May we be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. But may we be able to extend your kingdom. I pray for the opportunities that you give us to share your word, to share hope, to share love. To pray for the sick, Lord. I pray that we will take that up, O oh Lord. To help homes, to help families. I pray for restoration for those who have been discouraged. Those who have been hit, O oh Lord. And Lord, I know many may be in despair for many reasons, O oh God. Because of the battle may be ha- may be hot. It may be hot in their lives, Lord. I pray that they may stand. That's what we cry, O oh God. Help us to, be, to extend an arm to those who are going through the battle. To encourage them. Give us a word, Lord, that sustains the weary at every time, oh God. Help us to be together as, as, a, as a family, as a church, Lord, to hold each other's hands, even in this battle. Lord, may we go forth in this year, Lord, strong, strong. Be well able to overcome the evil one, not because of our, or not because of our might, but to, uh, not because of our power, but by your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to God's Word today. Feel free to contact the pastor on phone at 0705-581-369 or send an email to pastor at onelifechurch.ug or follow us on Facebook at One Life Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel at One Life Church Kampala, Uganda. One Life Church is a multicultural community of believers equipped to serve Christ's mission.